It starts with one thing. The Level Cap Podcast. It doesn't even matter otherwise. I don't know. Wow. Wow. Uh, that uh, You almost had it there, I think. Yeah. I, 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 could, I could almost hear the backbeat behind you. Right? I was so close, but... Alas, yeah. I will never be as good. You know, I, I'm not that great of a singer, and I'm not edgy enough. I'm not edge Marco right now. I'm like regular Marco, happy go lucky. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think I think if you had the karaoke machine and the music in the background, everyone would have picked up on what you were putting down. Yeah, I mean, like, is it like the MIDI, like the background that doesn't like that sounds close enough, but it's like off tune and kind of like chip tuny. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like the MIDI version of Linkin Park. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, it's called Link in Park, and it's just a link from The Legend of Zelda. And, uh, oh, so, unfortunately, that band already also exists. Are you serious? Yeah, it's a parody band. I'm oh, pretty sure. No. Is, it, is it a parody band of Linkin Park, wherein they make all the yes, songs but about they Zelda? Do Zelda tunes. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. At least I know the parody exists. I don't know if that's exactly what it is, but I know that it exists because I've seen it somewhere before. Mm, okay. Uh, hmm. Great. Now I'm going to Google Linkin Park. <laughs> yep. Nope, just add the space. Oh my gosh. Welcome, everyone, to the Level Cap Podcast. Uh, this wonderful, wonderful podcast where Brad and I go on a mystical sure. journey. Maybe true music trivia. Yeah, me. <laughs> Two music truths, one music lie. Oh, no. no stop spoiling the segments. Okay, so <laughs> I think Linkin Park is now like a music cryptid, right? Like, is it real? Is it not real? I have a picture of Linkin Park. I don't know, man. That's pretty blurry. Let's see. I never thought of it that way. Right, right. Think uh, about it this way. I don't think anybody ever thought of it that way. I'm, I, I'm the, I think it's just you, Marco. I'm a creative man with creative ideas. Um, yeah, yeah, you certainly are. Yeah, kind of like that one project I had in college where I was like, I'll make a dating sim where you date dating sims. And then... Um, yeah, it's uh, like dateception. Dateception, yeah, you date dates, I guess. So that anyway... Sounds, that sounds somehow criminal. Uh, smooth Crim- criminal? No, no, just just criminal. All right, it's like, bad. It's probably something prob- illegal in there. Yeah, I think I'm gonna get, I'm gonna go to jail now. So welcome to the Level Cap Podcast. I hope all of you are excited for our wonderful docket tonight. We're gonna be talking about some Level 99 games things. We're gonna be talking about some questions, and we're probably gonna play a few games here and there. Uh, but first, I'd like to move on to our first segment, and usually one that I really love doing because it takes some preparation, and I love hearing Brad's insights. Welcome to the Game Club, where Brad and I play a game and talk about it. For this yeah. week. No. Yeah, for this week, Marco, you didn't have a lot of time to play this game, did you? Nope. Just kind of sprung it on you midweek. Did yep. you get a chance to get through a few levels? Yeah, I did. I did. I so so. Wait, our game glove game for this week is a Hat in Time, which is a 3D platform collectathon. Basically, it's Banjo Kazooie, like like everything. I, I would say it's a little more than. Banjo Kazooie. I mean, this is this is definitely a spiritual successor. To oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No I mistake. mean, like, it feels more like Mario sixty four, right? Like, it does feel a lot like Mario sixty four. Um, in that, like, the acrobatics are a little more detailed than Banjo Kazooie. Heck yeah! Like uh, the the double jump into the dive. I was like, that's totally yeah. uh that's totally yeah. But, uh, Mario but the 64 puzzles thing. aren't quite as detailed as Banjo Kazooie. 
So yeah. it's really, I guess it's more of an action game. Um, the way I would I pitch this is like, what if we took Banjo Kazooie and made Kirby the main character? Um, and that's because this is a game where you go around and you collect things, but your collectibles really have a purpose. They make you new hats, and the hats give you new powers. Yep. And so you're constantly expanding your collection of hats and uh, and swapping out hats to use powers that you need to solve the different uh, situations you find yourself in. Um, if this feels a lot like uh, like a Kirby game, then you wouldn't be too far off the mark. Yeah, I I, I, I kind of like found that system to be very interesting because it felt like I was playing like a plat a three D platformer that was also slightly an RPG because uh, like it, it kind of takes mm-hmm. after like the hats kind of feel like badges in Super Mario uh, Paper Mario and all that stuff. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, they basically cater to your playstyle. Like some of them aren't really mandatory to progress through the entire story. They just make certain things easier. You know, like give you an extra jump or something yeah, very, like that. Very, right? very few are really mandatory. They're just they're they're just fun ways to interact with the world. Yeah, um, like and exactly. One that gives you a scooter. There's one that lets you like throw potions at people and blow them up. Um, yeah, you know, stuff like that. It's um, a it's, it's a very cool. it's a very interesting game. Um, but more than the mechanics, I, I actually want to talk about the game's presentation, uh, which I find mm-hmm. to be absolutely great. Um, so well, let's like, let's talk about the technical part of the presentation first, because this is not a hi-fi game. Oh this no, looks like an N sixty four game. Like it really does. The characters are blocky. The worlds are like big blocky polygons with low res textures, um, and sometimes no textures at all. Everything is is very um like if you if you were looking at this and somebody walked over your shoulder that say why are you playing that old 64 game um it really looks like that but it feels more modern yeah it does i think it has a lot to do with the ui um like the 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 non 3d model ui right like yeah the heads up display yeah 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 the huds and the um the menus they all feel very modern in that sense uh cuz mm-hmm. they're not like because they're cute pop art, right? It's it's cute. Yeah. The art is nice and high fidelity. The presentation is great. The game, what the what they did is this game didn't spend a lot of time on its like you know three D modeling. They spent a lot of time on its personality. Oh and heck so, yes! Just like Banjo Kazooie, that's why we compare this more to Banjo Kazooie than Mario sixty four is because every person you meet, every enemy, every menu is just packed with personality, and there's a ton of interesting characters with weird personal tics and um and your character is you know is this very whimsical person who lives in a spaceship who has an entire like um what do you say like like swimming pool of plushies yeah she swims around in like uh she has she um has like all these crazy gadgets um in this in her laboratory and you know you kind of get the idea of the personality of this character and um Gosh, the people you meet are great. Uh, I mean, my favorite's the Ghost World the, with the the Ghost Contract guy. I don't know if you've gotten there yet. I don't think so. Wait, is the oh, Ghost man. World the haunted house, or is that yeah, different? yeah, yeah? It's the the it's it's well, it's a it's a series of haunted houses. I see. You go, you get to the world, and the first thing you do is you meet this ghost, and he makes you sign a contract for your soul. And is then this you persona? Have to do his bidding. Is, is this what? persona? That's no, the... no, no. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, Actually, they don't make that reference, surprisingly. Oh, that's weird. Um, I I imagine that I'm pretty sure there's a JoJo reference somewhere in this NBA. It's it's really it's really not that big on references in in this game. Like it's really its own content, 
and oh, really? they played all they played all straight. They do like everything is pretty original, but it's it's stuff that you know that you like you know to expect, right? So when it hits you, you're like, oh yeah, but it's not like oh this is that. It's like oh this is new, but I get it immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think you're right. I think they're not just copying memes, but they're using a lot of tropes and very yeah, well. Yeah, it's tropes over memes for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Like they're really, I wouldn't say there are any memes in this game. This is not that kind of game, but it is a game where they they play to the the series tropes. Like you meet the you know the mafia guys, and they're all you know kind of these uh, these sort of slow witted dull guys that. Uh, who speak in like um, thick Russian accents? Yeah, speaking these thick Russian accents, and they all talk about you know like like now mafia owns you and stuff like that, and it's you know and it's very it's very um, I guess I don't even know how to say it. It's it's just um, it's what you'd expect. It's it's immediately yeah you immediately understand it, but it's not like they are using like the old like the old they're not reusing the old jokes and the old memes they're just playing to the the tropes and the stereotypes yeah like the mafias are some of my favorite ones because it's like like half of their dialogue is them being mafia and the other half is like mafia watched new soap opera last night yeah mafia like it too and i'm like okay it's like all their names are mafia yeah all of their names are mafia right like they basically refer to each other as mafia and they refer to themselves as individuals as mafia it's like hilariously awesome my favorite thing that ever happened to me um was in the first level actually um when you get your first um time core the time fuel what what do you call it Uh like the ship fuel when you get your first like thing the hourglass um there's a there's a mafia that's next to the mafia holding the hourglass and you can talk to that mafia so i was like all right let's talk to him and then instead of talking to him your character and the mafia spend the next 30 seconds doing patty cake and just doing this elaborate patty cake handshake thing and at the very end of it the mafia punches you and then you take damage like why wow <laughs> oh, I, I just missed that there's so many little things like that that are just great in this game Oh, it's so good. Like, um, there's the the second level too, right? Like there's a there's a thing wherein uh, they they play on that like old sci-fi trope. It's like they came from space and then like you act like an alien by rolling in oil and then you scare the mafia. It's it's yeah, such yeah, a yeah. fun game. Like some of the crazy stuff you can do here. I've watched speedruns of a hat in time actually, and like the mechanics are great, the controls feel amazing. It's it's so good. It's such it's a good cool game. I, it really is magical. I think that that's uh, that's the what I would I would take away from this is that this is a game that is really all the best things of the collectathon genre. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about the mechanics of the game. Sure, while, go while we're on it because they have some really cool mechanics. So um, in this game, you the way you get hats is you collect yarn, and once you get enough yarn, you can make hats. Um, and in a normal game like this probably classically what you'd have to do is if a hat had four pieces of yarn, you'd have to collect all four of those pieces of yarn and build your hat. And if you couldn't find one, you'd be in trouble. Um, The way this game works is that each piece of yarn comes with a recipe attached. And if you already have the recipe, good on you. Um, Mm -hmm. If you don't have the recipe, then it adds the recipe to your, your, um, your supply. But either way, you get the yarn. So as you go through the game, um, as long as you have at least one piece of yarn for this hat, you can build the hat, even if you find other pieces of yarn that aren't related to this hat. 
you know, I could take um, I could take yarns I get in worlds three or four or five, and you go back and make a hat from world two as long as I got one of the pieces of that hat from world two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the game really uh, lets you go at your own pace and doesn't make the exploration onerous. You can collect yarn as you go, and if you think a hat's cool, you can build it. You know, or if you think a hat's not cool, you can skip it and use that yarn for, for hats you find in later worlds. I so think the game really encourage you to go at your own pace uh, and take the powers you want. It just it's just kind of weird to me because how how do I explain it? It's like it for for a game that's like very high action packed and like has a lot of nice mechanics and good game flow. It felt really relaxing to play because basically there's no sense of urgency in anything that's happening in the game. It's like. You know, it's like not like it doesn't make you feel like you have to keep going all the time, but you just want to keep playing and like, you know, oh, see they're whether very, I... they're very clean breaks between stages. And it's there's very nice spots to stop and take a break and uh, and then come back and play again later. So the game really, really paces well. Yeah, it's that's episodic, kind of like um, a lot like Mario 64. Yeah, like with the paintings and all that stuff. I, that, that's why I think it's a bit more like Mario 64 in terms of like mechanics. Um, yeah, yeah. And a lot like Banjo-Kazooie and Donkey Kong 64 and Mario 64, these collection games, it, the world feels really huge. Um, it's clear after playing that the worlds aren't as huge as they are in those in those classic games because there wasn't such a big team working on this indie game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, they feel they feel the same size. Um, in fact, they actually feel a lot like once you start getting to the time rifts, they start to feel a little bit like Mario uh, Odyssey as well. Ooh, okay. So, I I haven't played Odyssey, so I guess this is my cheap way of being able to play it. As yeah, a, it's, it's an option for you. Yeah. Um, there's definitely some inspiration there when you go down the time warps, and you have these little little mini stages. You have to clear like three or four mini stages to to get the uh, the crystal at the end. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think one... Okay, look, if I had to give one criticism about this game, uh, the soundtrack is forgettable to me. It's not It's not amazing. That's true. Yeah. Um, the soundtrack that, is fine. Yeah, that's um, fine. I mean, like, I'm, it's serviceable, right? But it's not yeah. like... It's not like bob Omb Battlefield from Mario 64, right? Like, it's not, it's not like... Yeah, it doesn't, like really stick but um it's it's okay like the i i think it serves the game just fine it's just not um it's not going to be what you're listening to in 15 years oh but that's you know hey look that's okay for a for a game title that cost both of us like 12 bucks it's way 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 more it's way worth, worth it um, yeah exactly like i would i would heartily recommend this game to you guys wait to try out that's yourselves. not what that means what? When you say like you hardly blank heartily, heartily. Oh, okay. I like thought you said hardly. Heart. I see. Yeah. No, okay. You're heartily. Your Kokoro. Your your whole Kokoro. Yes. I see. So you give your Kokoro to in, this. In game. mi corazón. Oh my gosh. I lo- I love this game. Um, like if you just see the like, I'll, if you're listening to the podcast or watching the podcast, like just Google a hat in time and then just look at like some of the images. You will see what kind of game it is, right? Like the main character's yeah. wearing shades and has like this like this smug grin on her face and it's just 
one thing that I really love about this game is the like the art stills between the segments. Heck yeah, I was about to say like the like at the start of every stage, every stage has a name, right? And they have yeah. like a poster, like a movie esque poster that kind of describes what the game is. So it's like you know in the one that's like she came from space and like. There's like this sci-fi-esque poster of the main character covered in tar with like her eyes lighting up yeah, as she's they, doing they a zombie a, pose. They did like a, a real concept art for every single uh, stage. stage. Now, um, I can give you the level 99 tie-in for this because there's actually a level 99 tie-in for this game. Um, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the artist who did all those stills, um, who was the lead artist of the game, also did some work for Temporal Odyssey. Oh... Oh no! So now that you've said you, it, now that you've said yeah, it, I see it. If you open up the, if you open up your copy of Temporal Odyssey and you look at the engineers from the future set, those oh, are drawn by the same artist that are. did uh, the character in Hat in Time. They are. They are. They are. Oh my gosh! They are. Yeah, yeah. So um, there you go. There's your level ninety nine tie in for Hat in Time. Man, that's so great. This is this all means one thing, Brad. We, we, that we need a, a Hat in Time crossover for, as a traveler for Temporal Odyssey. I mean, it would make sense since she's a time traveler. She is a time traveler, <laughs> right? With this, with a magic spaceship. I mean, it would definitely work. Um, yeah, well, it's her, her tower, about it. Her tower is the ship, of course. And then her first soldier minion thing is the Roomba in her spaceship, of course. <laughs> That's right. I forgot she actually has a Roomba in her spaceship. Did you know you can whack it to get stuff? <laughs> it's the best. I, I knew that you could like interfere with it, and it would um, and it would be grumpy at you. But I forgot that I didn't know that you could actually hit it for stuff. Yeah, it, I think it drops like I don't know what the name of the collectible is. The 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 minor collectible. The diamonds. Yeah, the diamonds. I, yeah, I, I don't remember what they are called either. Yeah, I mean, whatever the the thingy like the coins in Mario. That yeah. yeah. It's a great game. I highly recommend it as well. Um, that's our Game Club game for this week, A Hat in Time. If you guys enjoyed our discussion about it, please tell us in the comment section down below if you have any of your own comments, questions, or suggestions. If you want to give us a game for Game Club, please tell us in the comment section down below. Make it easily accessible. Um, it doesn't have yeah, to... Something, something on Steam is good. Marco doesn't have a Switch, unfortunately. Unfortunately, I am not a rich man, uh, which yeah. may change. Well, your opinion of that may change when we get to the last segment uh but aside from uh, that let's move on to the next segment also known as brad's segment also known as the pipeline where brad discusses a few upcoming things about level 99 games and all of the lore in the world that we have brad what are we going to talk about this week are we going to talk about some development or lore well you're asking me about uh lore questions earlier um specifically about the elven characters in the world of indians Mm -hmm. And uh, so I thought maybe I'd, I'd talk about some Indians lore and tell you about uh, about Elven, since uh, elves in Indians are a little bit different than they are in other fantasy realms. Are any like are any of the races in Indians the same as any of the other races in like regular fantasy places? I I try to I try to keep them pretty different. Yeah, I think like no. the only one that's quote unquote normal are humans, but like that's the point. Well, even humans aren't really normal. Yeah, they, they have like wild magic on the outside. They have wild magic. They have um, ghosts. They um, are well. There are other things about humans that are a little different than than other races in the world. That's true. Our, yeah. All right. So elves, Brad. Tell me about elves. Like humans are actually the like divinity race in Indians. They're the ones that have the closest connection to spirituality and stuff, and oh. to the gods. 
rather than being the neutral template race. Because yeah. they're, they're the only ones with souls, right? They they're the they're the only ones with ghosts, which is a little different than souls. But um, other races, their their spirits are closer tied to the land. Um, so we would say, like, if we were we were talking like in Indians' terms, we'd say that humans are like people of the sky, and the elven are people of the earth. Um, huh. Because they uh, they're they are closely connected to the land, and uh, so there are a lot of subspecies of elven. Um, because what they can do is they can just go to a new land and they can sit and meditate for a few hours and then they will take on the characteristics of that area. So if you were like a swamp elf and you go up to the north and it's too cold, you can just meditate and attune yourself and you'll become a snow elf um, over the course of an afternoon. So elves are modular. Yeah, so they'll, they'll, they'll attune to whatever area. And when they attune, it resets their age. So they, they, they attune back to like that 20 to 25 age whenever they reattune themselves. So are elves technically immortal in Indians? Is that how it works? Yeah, plays? they're technically immortal. But if they stay in one place too long, because you can't attune again to the same place. So if you stay in one place too long, you will age and, uh, and become uh, fatigued. Or not fatigued, but um, feeble. Feeble, like like yeah. actually old. You mean? Yes, like actually old. I see. Um, and of How? course, just like real races, they are vulnerable to disease and weapons and other, you know, natural phenomenon. Like they'll get, they could get crushed to death or die of starvation, etc. So all the normal things that could kill you. I see. They're can lobsters. Kill an elven. They're lobsters. Yeah, or, lo- or giant lobsters. Yeah. yeah. Elves are just giant um, lobsters. Just That's- lobsters. I see. Yeah, I know. lobsters are biologically ageless, and they really? only die when I didn't killed. That. Yeah, huh. so that's like the worst thing. Like biologically ageless, but tastes great with butter. Therefore, <laughs> you die. Um, anyway, anyway, so that's interesting. So we have a few elf characters on our cast, right? We have Rukiuk, we have Serafina, we have um, Kadath. Kadath. Uh, I keep forgetting Kadath's an elf. Yeah. Oh. He's the um, prince of a certain species of elf, a race or sub tribe, tribe? Uh, like a tribe, just a tribe. Um, the yeah, there's a country called Ahimusi, which is uh, sort of a swampland. Oh, so he, he's, so a he's swamp the elf. prince of the the swamp elves. Yeah, he's the um, prince of the swamp elves. Swamp elves. Yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of them in Argent, um, in the different apartments, and um, there are they're mostly prevalent in Willat and Relicor like the top, the north and north uh, east of the continent. Yeah, okay, so let's talk a little bit about that. Um, I'm really interested in learning about elf culture in Indians, right? So I, we know a lot about, like, Willat. I don't know a lot about Relicor, so as from what I know. Yeah, so Willat is actually more of the exception than the rule. Like, most of the elves in the world were tribal and, uh, you know, and lived close to the land. And, uh, you know, they take up crafts, but they were more... Um, you know, practical crafts like, you know, uh, building and, um, you know, and hunting and, uh, and um, you know, crafting tools for survival. So they're like um, bow and archer people, you know, like... In general, yeah. They, have, they didn't really have a need to build large cultures or amass wealth for much of history. Um, but in the, in the human age, like so when humans became dominant in the world, which was right around the end of the Draconic Wars, humans started to build cities. 
because they had centralized religion, and so religion brought them all together and brought them into cities so they could worship. And so the elven saw this, and they saw how much power that cities were giving the human culture. And so the elves and were like, well, we can build a city, and we're immortal, so we'll have like pretty much unlimited knowledge um, and, uh, and wisdom to, you know, to carry through the ages. So that's when they created the nation of Wallat, and they started building these, these large cities. And um, because they did live so long, and because they were so much more skilled than, uh, than humans with their crafts and techniques, they were able to build large cities much faster. And yeah. that's why Wallat is such a mecca of technology and, um, and uh, modernization compared to the rest of them. In non-story-related like, terms, Willot's basically a cyberpunk world where everybody else is still in like middle-age fantasy, right? Like, Yeah, yeah. Like, the other people in the world have, like, kingdoms. I would say, you know, Relicor or Jeffrey's kind of in a renaissance type of era. Um, Sanghalim is definitely a little more medieval. And Gesselheim is, is certainly feudal. Um, whereas Willot is al- almost, uh, I would say modern age thinking like maybe a 1900s modern um, really yeah um they're still not as modern as the underlanders who are in like a post-information age level of technology post-information they don't have internet yeah. the the underlanders have like internet and computers and stuff um, wait does that mean yeah. like indians people don't have computers and stuff but i thought like 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 the in Willat, they have they have stuff like they have some computers, yeah, but not in the rest of the world. I see. I was about to ask, like, don't the plane stalkers have like a lot of computers and stuff? Oh, the, yeah, they do, they do, um, but that's not that's mainly because they got some of the tech from the Underlanders. Oh, okay. So so let me understand this. Computers do yeah. exist in the world. It's just that they are like basically super weapons, right? Like not everybody can Com- have them. Computers in this in the world are biological. They're actually a race of homunculus-type creatures um, called Nermal. And Nermal. Are, yep. You, you read a lot of Garfield? Not like Garfield, no. But <laughs> they're, um, there's actually one of these guys that appears in the Planestalker set in Pixel Tactics 5. Uh, they are uh, oozes, right? So you know like the classic slime monsters? Yeah. Um, so the way you make an ooze is you take a... Um, like a an artifact, like a, a stone, and you carve certain enchantments into it, and then you drop it in a pool of water, and it'll animate whatever water is in the pool, right? Okay. Um, and that's how oozes appear is because they have these like these um, broken artifact, these broken rune stones that uh, don't really understand them. what they're. Yeah, that like so if you if you actually made one of these like a real correct runestone and you put it in and you put it in water you would create a uh, a normal which is a like you know very highly sentient computer system and that creature would be able to communicate with you store your information make calculations for you um etc cetera, etc cetera. like it would do all the things um but if you mess up the encant- enchantment or if you damage the stone then you get these mindless oozes that just consume all the liquid around them and that's ah. those are the dangerous things that you find in the old ruins, because in the pre-Draconic Empire, they had a lot of this technology because the Underlanders were on the surface and they were sharing this technology and creating these, um, you know, computer creatures for all of the people of Indians. I see. So, India is a very interesting world wherein, like, your 
ultra-scientific, futuristic tech race are Australians, right? Like, that's... <laughs> kind of, yeah. I guess that would be... I didn't really thought about their accents much, but... Are they Australian? Um, they have to be now. Like, you call them Underlanders. Come on. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you can just ask Seki to voice at least one of them, right? Sure, sure. We'll see if, uh, if Cameron wants to voice one, yeah. Glorious, glorious. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so one more thing about elves, right? Like... Yeah. What what's elf culture like? Like how do how do I explain this? Like if if elves are used to be like about hunting and all that stuff, what's elf culture in Willa like now? Like is it like everybody is just science all the time, science this, every you, you're a STEM major or get out of my house and if you try to be in the arts, you are no son of mine? Like are they Asian? Is that is that it? Um maybe a little bit of that. Yeah. Um you know, magic is really important, um, and education is really important. And if you don't do well in school and you can't use magic, like Rukyuk, then you don't have a very good place in this in this society. No oh, more um, Rukyuk. Like you can become a you, you can become you know basically a, a sanitation worker in in Wallat with you know. And Rukyuk was like, well, I don't want to do that. I want to you know uh, become a grenadier, a soldier, um, like a like a you know a peacekeeper in the city, and. Um, he ultimately didn't get that job. He instead, uh, you know, uh, ended up on his own adventure, which is, is documented elsewhere. But, um, yeah, it's pretty tough if you're not good at magic in Willot, um, and if you're not good at science. Oh, that's that's yeah. hard. Okay, so it's a very... Are they a technocracy? Uh, they kind of. I mean, they're not actually ruled by technology. It's the uh, magocracy, which is the, the magisters run it, and those are the uh, 12 most skilled mages in the, uh, in the nation. Seraphine is one of them, right? Yes, Seraphine is one of them. Uh, Boris Vilnar is another one. There are a bunch more. Obviously, there are 10 more. Um, and uh, yeah, and they, they run the country completely um, as a council. Okay, and I assume since they basically live forever, they just keep adding more members to it, right? But you have to basically be some sort of like Einstein level of repute to even be considered or something. You've you've got to be you've got to be pretty smart to get in there. But uh, I think it's more about your achievements. Like if you are if you are working on something that the government wants to own, then they induct you, right? So, for example, they wanted uh, so Aaron Ross, who created Carolyn and August, and um, you know was a big homunculus researcher. He, he, they wanted him to join the council um, and bring all of his research on homunculus with them, with him, and he re- he refused to do that. Um, and when he did, uh, they killed that's him. when they well they they um, exiled him from the nation, and then eventually when they found he was still doing research, then they killed him and destroyed all of his work. Nice. It will accept Carolyn, but and yeah, well, Carolyn escaped. They wanted to destroy all his work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's quite interesting. I have one last question before we end this segment. Mm-hmm. I know that every single member of organization, I mean, div, div, I mean, Division Thirteen, uh, is actually mm-hmm. a project of one of the magisters, right? So every single mm-hmm. magister contributes one of the members. Serafina contributed Clinhide. Uh, because apparently she makes homunculi. What's Seraphina's field of research again? Seraphina's research? Yeah. Um, I, oh, gosh, I'd have to open my uh, my world book and, and look at all of this stuff. Um, but I believe it's actually in like stealth technologies. 
Okay, so that's why she made a cyborg ninja, right? Like, yeah, and how she uses her hollow projector herself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so here's my big question: What's Boris Vilnar's contribution to the division? Uh, so he is in mechanics, um, and he makes all kinds of crazy machines. Um, the division member that he actually is responsible for creating is Octavia. Oh, okay. So it's like she is Octavia like a person, or is she a cyborg, or is she just like a robot? She was. She was. Uh, she's like six million dollar man, basically. Okay. Um, she was. She was. She was wounded beyond repair, but they repaired her anyway with technology. Oh wait, and this is why Octavia is a walking RoboCop reference, right? Like she always uh, gave me that vibe. Basically, sure. If you want to think about it that way, she she always gave me that vibe of like being an emotionless <laughs> RoboCop. And that's what she feels like to me. Okay, that's great. Yeah, uh, a little bit. There's a little bit of that. I that's always true. thought like his contribution was just like have an army of cadenzas. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking more like uh, like uh, Major from Ghost in the Shell, but yeah, RoboCop's also a good reference. Oh, Major and Ghost in the Shell. That works too. That works too. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So that does it for Brad's segment. I love doing these lore dives. You know, they're really, really fun. Next up, I need to learn more about VOM Society. Okay. VOM Society. Oh, okay. All right. Um, sure. Please let there be like some sort of like VOMs and werewolves and then like the VOM wants to kiss a girl, but the werewolf also wants to kiss the girl or something like oh, that. Oh, no. Yeah. This, is, this is getting uh, too, too much into the references and memes territory. Oh, no. Okay, okay. Let's stop. <laughs> if you guys want us to talk about any specific topics or bra- ask Brad about a specific aspect of development or one of our games, please send us in the comment section down below and we'll get there. Now, on to my segment, also known as the 99 Questions, where we have your questions meditate at a hidden place for... A few hours, and then they transform magically into answers, breathing new life into them. Brad, are you ready to answer these questions? Hot baked? Freshly cooked? Yeah, sure. All right. Brad, I think this is a very interesting question. Who is the Batman of Indians? So I guess, like, Hmm. there's two ways to go about this, right? Who in Indians, like, dresses up in tights and goes around proclaiming they are a superhero? That's one. And... Number two, I guess, who is like who is like the every man in Indians who still somehow does well? Uh, like a person without powers who goes out and still fights the good fight. Uh-huh. Well, I would say that we don't have anybody that's like specifically that in, in Indians. Um, definitely the closest, when you, when you ask the question, the person that immediately comes to my mind is Rukuk. Because um, he's a character that, at, that cannot use any magic. But still... Um, he uses his wits and his technology and his skills to go around and do good for for its own sake, at least by the time that he founds the Champions of Indians, which is goes on a little later in uh in uh Lore Canon. Yeah, a little bit later in, in lore. So around the time of around the time that uh, Imperial is happening, Champions of Indians are founded and Rookie is going around and killing important monsters or protecting, you know, the weak and defenseless in the world. Um, but he does it with his, with the help of his, you know, basically Magic his, his his mercenary order, not with his uh, his own vast resources and technology like Batman. He's not I a one man show, I guess. But he is that character that uses their resources to for justice. I see. So he's Batman Incorporated. He's yeah. I guess he's more like like the like you know like the head of the Justice League more than than Batman. Yeah, maybe Batman Incorporated. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I mean, uh, that's an actual series of, like, Batman that's comics, That's right, right? I've forgotten about them. Yeah, there's, like, eight different Batmans. Yeah, and, no, like, the Batman Incorporated was the one where Batman outsources being Batman. Yeah, so, yeah, to, to, like, a bunch of other people. Like, in every different territory of the world, there's a different Batman. Right, yeah, 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 there you go. Yeah. It's basically like that? Yeah. Sh- sure, if you want to simplify it, yeah. Right, great. Um, I think I think the question really boils down to, like, who's the game's badass normal, right? Yeah, yeah, right. and I think that yeah, badass normal would be he would be the the one to fill that role. Really, I in my mind, like there are two people came into my mind. One of them was Rook. The other one was Joel. Joel seems a lot like Joel. Yeah, Joel's also, but he. I mean, maybe he is more. Um, he's definitely that like uh, like like I work alone kind of person. And like um, he has a utility belt of a lot of gadgets or weapons. But he right? is. But yeah, but he's certainly in it for himself and not for like justice. Oh, that's he's not true. a he's not a like you know let me, let me help everybody type of character. He's a like let me get the job done type of character. Let me get the job done so I can get more money to buy more weapons. Well, so I can go home. <laughs> oh, much to the chagrin of but, my wife. Yeah, maybe buy more weapons. Yeah, maybe maybe uh, buy more weapons. Cesar might be a good type for that because yeah, he Cesar is very much the the grim dark Batman type character. Yeah, but he's not a normal person, right? <laughs> he's he's not, but he's. I mean, if you want to take like the the modern Batman, where he like, you know, where he beats the entire you know like Arkham City in one night, like clears all of Arkham City in one night, that's more of the Caesar type of character. Yeah. Somebody who just you know who doesn't stop, who's completely consumed by their duty and their role, and um, is is supernaturally able to just grit through whatever comes their way. He's definitely that that kind of person. That kind of person. Okay, yeah, yeah, great. Thank you. Next question. Sure. Where did Brad get the name Indians from when creating the original world? What is the etymology of the name? Uh, well, um, it's sort of a, uh, I'd say, juxtaposition of uh, Endless and Indies together. The island I chain. See. So I, I I put those two together and I got Indians. And uh you know, it's stuck, um, I guess. Yeah. So That's great. Yeah. The Underlanders call it something else. Um, oh, does everybody call it something else? Like very Just the, the, the people on the surface versus the Underlanders call it something different. Oh, I see. So like um, Gaons don't call it something else or Virians. Well they don't would call just it call it they would just call it Prime. Oh, the prime uh, world, right, right. The because, prime world. like, yeah, like when they they look at another plane, you know, they see it's just like when you look over here, you would say, "Oh, it's America," and I'm like, "No, it's New Mexico," and there's like 49 others. But you know, you kind of see see a bigger picture when you're looking at it from the outside. I see. I I think I get what you mean because when you say like when you're talking to me, you go like Philippines, and I'm like, yeah, but there's a specific city slash street that I'm on, right? Like. Yeah, you don't just say okay. I, I see, I see, I see where you're coming from. I see your game, Mister Talton. Uh, <laughs> last question: Any chance of getting custom artwork for the soundtrack cover? All the cool games do it. I think this is in relation to the BCO OST. I guess this means this, yeah, will we yeah. even have like a digital copy for download for the BCO OST or yeah, something? Yeah, we probably need to figure out how to get that on Steam as well. No, That'll be great. That'll be great. Yeah, some of these tracks are bumping. <laughs> They're a bop. That's what the kids these days call it, Brad. Bop. Uh huh. If a song is good, it's a bop. It's a bop, eh? Yeah, it's a bop. Like kids bop, I guess. 
that's uh yeah we'll speak no more of kids bop <laughs> okay 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 so that pretty much does it for our 99 questions segment if you guys have more questions for me or for brad about the world about our stuff about game design whatever uh please guys us a comment section down below and we will answer those uh remember it's in either google sheets or the comment section it either way we'll get your answers to you finally let's move on to the last segment also known as otherwise where Brad and I play a rotating game suggested by a listener or made up by us if none of you suggested huh. one. Brad... I found, uh, before you... I found the, the Underlanders call it Inverness. Inverness? Instead of Indines. Yeah. Okay, is, is that... Okay, look. When you came up with Inverness, is that an amalgam of two words? Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's inverse Indines. <sighs> but don't tell anybody. Don't, okay. It I mean, some should... of the magic when you do that. I see. Okay. Okay. Great. 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 Cool. 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 All right. So, N N Verness. Okay. It's like Indians, but inverse. Okay. Okay. Is this how you make all of your fantasy names? Is Carolyn just two words? No. Care and then roll in. Ross. Ro- ro- okay, never mind. Let's move on to the last segment again. Otherwise, where Brad and I play a game. Brad, a listener suggested a cool game. Um, wherein they told us to do two lies and... W- uh, sorry, two truths, one lie? Or is it two lies, one truth? It's, it's two truths and one lie. Because you try and figure out which one's the lie. If you have to figure out which one's the truth, that's too hard. Because you can just do anything, right? Yeah, that's, so at that's... least two of them have to be grounded in reality. Okay, okay, that's true, that's true. Okay, so here's the deal, right? They told us to do this in character, but the problem with that is it's like if we're coming if we're basically role-playing as characters in Indians, I don't think anybody would really enjoy it because like that's some deep lore stuff and it's gonna be hard. So uh the characters we're playing as is ourselves, because we're just characters, we're just caricatures of our real selves, you know. Brad doesn't always wear a hat, Marco doesn't always wear jackets, it's a thing. So, Brad, are you ready to yeah, I'm ready. Play, play this game? Okay, so everybody listening and everybody watching, you can also play along uh, in the comments section down below. You know, once we say our things, try to guess which one's the lie. All right. Brad, okay. you go first. Okay. Uh, so here's three facts. Um, two of them are true. One of them is a lie. Well, therefore, it's not a fact. You, can... you lied. Yeah. You, what? you said three facts. That's wrong. Okay. No, okay. Here's three things. Okay, okay. All right, all right. Two of them two of them are true. One of them is a lie. You can guess which one is the lie. Um all right, so act one. I am a ranked chess champion. Number okay. Two, I write short novels okay. as a hobby. Okay. And three, I seriously considered a career as a manga artist. Okay, 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 okay. So two two truths, one lie. Everybody listening. Type out your answers in the comment section down below and try to guess. Oh, we're going to play this over multiple weeks. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Um, if people like it enough, vote for it, right? Okay. Here's the thing. I know that you probably write short stories or novels because you know a lot about writing and you wrote your own world. So that's, that's probably true. So it's between chess and manga artists. I know you have a deviant art and tried drawing things before. 
So maybe manga artist would make sense if you were like 13 and were considering it back then. So I'm going to say that the lie is that you're a ranked chess champion. All right, you got me. You got me. Yeah. Yes, I know, Brad. Although I was considering I was considering manga as late as like 19 um because I went to Japan for a year and I studied and I spent a lot of time drawing back then. Oh and I man. I thought that I might I thought that I might make a living out of that. But my drawing never really got good enough to uh, to make it pan out. Oh man, you should have just made an isekai manga. No matter how bad it is, it's gonna sell. <laughs> oh, maybe, right. maybe, maybe. Okay, so did you guys get it right in the comment section down below? Tell me. I'm, I'm very interested to know whether or not you you got it right. So, uh, Brad, it's my turn, and this is yeah. gonna be a hard one for everyone because I purposely decided to troll all of you. Mysterious, mysterious Marco. Yes. Okay. Here are three statements, two of which are true, one of which is a lie, okay? All right. Statement number one, I've been bitten by a cat, a domestic cat. <laughs> statement number two, I've been bitten by a lion. And statement number three, I've been bitten by a tiger. A lion, a tiger, and a domestic cat. It's a lot of cat bites. Um... Let's see. That's that is tough. Um, so, Brad, show your thinking. Like, imagine this is like a math test. Show your thinking. Okay. All right. So, I'm thinking. Uh, do you own a cat, Marco? Um, Has your family to. ever owned a cat? Used to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's not unlikely to be bitten by a cat. But um, let's see. Are tigers at all common in the Philippines? No, I don't think they're even a naturally occurring species. Neither yeah, are lions. And lions, neither. Right. So, um, so I would imagine that you must have gone to a petting zoo or something and gotten bit by both a lion and a tiger on the same day as a kid. <laughs> like, like just a little one, obviously, or else you'd be missing fingers. So. Um, so I'm going to guess that being bit by the domestic cat is actually the lie. Because, oh, man. Yeah. So close, Brad. But sadly, no, no, no. no. So here's the, here's the trivia, right? I actually own every single one of these animals. Rather, my dad owns at least every single one of these animals. Oh, that's right. That's right. Your dad owns a petting zoo. My dad owns a zoo, so... Yes. All right. Well, not a petting zoo, but a zoo, yeah. Yeah, a zoo. Okay, so the the... I have been bitten by a domestic cat. I have a. I had a domestic cat named Liger. Uh, he bit me multiple times. What a jerk! Um, but I loved him. He was Did you fine. Bite back? No, I don't bite the cat back. Who's boss? No, I don't think that's how you assert dominance to a cat. I don't think you just. To a cat bite. it is. Oh my gosh. Okay, there's that. I've been bitten by a domestic cat. I have also been bitten by a tiger. Um, like a cub, but not like a small one, like as big as like probably a small Labrador or something. Because um, uh-huh. my cousins were like, hey, let's take pictures with the tiger at the zoo. And I'm like, sure, why not? And then they were all really scared of it. But like, I've known this tiger since I was, it was like a baby. So I was like, hey, tiger, Ar- hey, Ariana, come here. And then I was like petting her and your stuff. Your tiger's named Ariana? <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, Ariana. Sorry, my dad. Ariana. Names, yeah. Ariana. My okay. dad names all the tigers after popular singers. So, like, oh, you have Rihanna, okay. Ariana, and then, you know, Katy, because Katy Perry and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, so, that's cute. So, I was, like, petting the tiger, right? And they were like, oh, it's so tame. And then the, the tiger bit my arm. 
and oh, man. my entire arm went into the mouth. <laughs> oh my lord. It was great. It's a good thing I was wearing a jacket, protected me from the bite, and I have never been bitten by a lion um because lions tend to be more chill than tigers apparently. Uh really? so there you go. Wow. I mean, male lions just sleep for 20 hours a day, so uh. sounds like the life. Sounds like the life, indeed. So that's it. Those did you guys guess that right? I mean, like I've, I'd be really shocked if you guys guessed that right. Uh, and if you did mm-hmm. guess it right, congratulations! You've won a special Marco star, uh, redeemable for a free like thumbs up and a high, I guess. High, thumbs up. <laughs> well, um, yeah. So I guess that pretty much concludes our uh, level cap podcast. But um, before we go little bit of news for you guys. Um, Level 99 Games is at Gen Con this week, woot woot. and uh, we'll be at our booth, 2149. Come by. This is your first opportunity to get Temporal Odyssey, Professor Treasure, and the last two boxes of um, that game, Exceed, Seventh Cross. Uh, those will all be available in our booth, brand new for Gen Con. And also, BattleCon Online will be launching August 10th, the week after we get back from Gen Con. Um, go ahead and go to the Steam page, which Marco is linked below, and wishlist it and show your support. You can write guides, you can join the community discussions on the Steam page already. Everything is there and ready to go. Um, it's going to be a big hit. I'm real excited to show you guys what we've been working on for the past two and a half years. Oh, so man. This is going to be good. I'm so excited too. And don't forget that the community is already at it. You know, we already have like five guides up. Some character guides, some UI guides, some general basics. And, you know, it's all great. I love it when people make their own guides and make their own content. So if you guys make any new content, just message me. Put it in the comment section down below. And you're like, you know, I made this guide for the Steam thing. Don't worry. I will, like, boost that for you, my friend, all over the social medias. So don't worry about it. All right, Brad, I'd love to keep going. But let's end this episode because we have things to do. All right, yep. So, uh... Have a great night, everyone, and thank you so much for listening to the Level Cap Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Telton, and with me, my uh, splendiferous uh, Tiger Bit co-host, Marco the Growl DeSantos! And um, we want to wish you a great uh, great day, and uh, happy gaming. Happy gaming!